This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 51. I am Craig. Over there, he is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm well. How about you, Craig? I mean, as well as can be expected. We're so, recording now early in the morning instead of late at night. Yeah, so we're in my world now. So this is perfect. I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, my hair is still wet. <laughs> uh, all right. So today, episode number 51, we are, I, I was going to say concluding our hiring episodes, right? We have, we've had a series of episodes about hiring employees, whether it be drivers or something else for your business. Um, but you've told me we may do some more. I, we, we are going to do some more. So yeah, we aren't concluding. As I kind of got more into this particular uh, episode and planning the process, I realized, you know what, one piece of this, the screening part really needs its own episode. And so we're going to... Um, Next week's episode is going to be uh, May's financials, and then the week after that, we'll kind of finish through with the whole hiring thing. I'm I'm sure that'll be the last one, but it's going to be on screening. and And in reality, and this whole hiring piece in this series, that's probably the most important episode because the screening episode is and and that pro- part of the the hiring process is probably the most critical in ensuring you get the right person for your company. Look at that, Chris, with the professional tease. Stay tuned, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right. Hey, so- after 51 episodes and more than a year <laughs> of doing this, I might finally be getting the hang of some of these things. <laughs> so before we get started on that, I do want to remind everybody, go to hollandassetsllc.com and check out full show notes for this and past episodes. Go to Facebook and uh, leave comments on our, our page there, and we'd be happy to interact with you. And lastly, if you enjoy what we do, if you find it valuable or helpful in any way, please go and leave a five-star review on the uh, podcatcher of your choice. Usually Apple Podcasts, but uh, you know whether it's Stitcher or something else, a five-star review would be very helpful, and we would appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, so Chris, today talking about the as we put it last time, the nuts and bolts, the how-to of hiring a driver. You've got steps. Uh, you sent over some notes, and so I know kind of what the steps are. And, I mean, like you said about screening, a lot of these could probably have their own episode. But we're going to be touching on um, a few things, uh, the, the nuts and bolts, how to hire a driver. But how do you want to kick this conversation off? Where do we start with this? So I, I, one of the things I want to do is just talk about the fact that it's a process. It takes time. It's not something that that you can just... Hey, I'm going to hire a driver today, and by the end of the day, have that person. It it really takes a little bit of time, and you want to take the time. You want to be diligent in it, and and really for there's a ton of reasons you want to do this right. But two that are very specific that I want to just touch on real briefly is one, you want to make sure you get somebody that knows the job well and is going to do a good job because that takes a load off of your shoulders as an owner. You you want somebody that you don't have to stress about, you don't want to have to be waking them up every morning to get them moving, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. Somebody that's just diligent, does their thing, gets going. And the second is- I, I feel personally attacked by that, by the way. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, is, it is really early in the morning today. This is very <laughs> uh, appropriate for today's episode. <laughs> Um, so you want that. And then two, you want somebody that's going to do a good job representing your company. You've, they're going to be operating a very expensive equipment that you own and they're, they're, they're your face. And I want to use 
an ex- not my own experience, but an experience that happened here in Utah uh, not quite two years ago to kind of hammer home this point that you want to make sure you've got the right person in the seat. Um, a a little, little less than two years ago, there was a really bad accident involving a commercial truck um, in Utah, and the driver ended up killing six people. Oof. He was driving a dump truck, um, going uh, down a freeway or a highway, and he crossed over the median. Um, he was just swerving in and out of traffic, driving erratic, crossed over a median, broadsided a pickup truck, clipped the Jeep. The pickup truck that he broadsided, there were six people in it. They, it three of them were ejected, and the other three, the dump truck ended on top of the pickup truck. Ugh. So all six people in that pickup truck were killed. Wow. It was a super sad thing. And the, the thing that's really um, bad about this is the driver was drunk and it was a totally preventable thing from the standpoint of the company. They did not do their due diligence in hiring this guy because this guy had a track record. So this happened on a Friday. That Monday, he was cited for following too closely to another vehicle causing an accident just a couple weeks before that, he pleaded guilty to ins- to assault and intoxication in a domestic violence incident. A couple months before that, he was cited by the state parks and rec officer in the county where he lives for having an open container in his vehicle. A few years before that, he pleaded no contest to impaired, impaired driving and having an open container in his vehicle. A year before that, he was charged with intoxication. So this guy... And, and it goes on and on, the 20-year history of alcohol problems in and out of a vehicle. Um, a lot of that stuff would have been caught on his MVR. I don't know what else was on his MVR, but I'm sure there was probably more stuff. Um, so a good screening, MVR, pulling the guy's MVR, pulling his pre-employment screening program r- report, which is we're going to talk all about this stuff in the episode that's coming up in two weeks. Um and a background check would have easily caught all this stuff. This company never should have hired this guy. And now they're having to deal with the consequences of having a really bad driver behind the wheel of their truck causing just a catastrophic accident. Oh, man. So <laughs> that's not a story that I particularly want to dwell on. <laughs> but but it comes down to don't hire somebody like this. And you've got some steps for how to avoid that um gosh do we do we want to talk about that anymore or just have that as the background for this conversation let's just here's how you don't hire a guy like yeah this is let's have that as the conversation the background of the conversation this is why you want to be diligent in this process so that you do not hire a guy like that because it's just going to cause you nothing but headaches a good employee is going to be the best thing you ever had in your company because you hire a handful of them and they're going to be able to do 10 times as much. You as a company will be able to do 10 times as much with those employees than you could by yourself. Hiring a bad egg, it's almost the exact opposite. They're a drain on the company instead of adding to the company. And so incredibly important to get the right person. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, do do we want to list the six steps and then get into depth and and, uh, start with just a, a broad overview of what the six steps are. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So okay. let's start with the six steps. We'll just talk, briefly list them. 
One is where to find them or how do you find your drivers? Two is screening the drivers. Three is negotiating kind of the terms of employment. Four is extending an offer. Five is is handling the paperwork. There's a lot of hiring paperwork that you have to take care of. And then the the sixth step is is really kind of their first day on the job. And we're going to have some um, supporting documents with this that you're going to be able to download if you go to the show notes at hollandassetsllc.com. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we go into each one of these things uh, a little in a little bit more detail. Okay. So the first one is where to find drivers. And I I assume you're not just going out on the street and saying, hey, do you want to drive a truck? <laughs> There's probably some method to your I'm, madness. I'm standing out on the corner with one of those Waving signs. Waving the signs. Yeah, yeah. Flipping it around, uh, <laughs> dancing. No, that's 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 not so much what I've been doing. But there there is a process to this. And, and ideally, the more you know about somebody before you hire them, the better off you're going to be. And so, you know, ideally, it, it's nice if you, you know somebody personally. You've worked with them. You've had some kind of relationship with them in the past, and if you you know them, the more you know about them, and the more comfortable you feel with them, the more likely are you you are to have a good hire. So you kind of want to start there. You want to start with people you know, and um, people that have driven that you know that you can hire, and and if you can find one of those, great. The the one caveat that I would put with that is typically when I typically hire somebody that I know, and I've done that in the past and had very good success with it. I, I really am extra cautious in that kind of a situation. And I only hire somebody that I'm really, really, really confident is going to work out. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, similar to working with family, right? There, there's a potential for broken or burned bridges and all that if things don't go really well. Yeah. And so, so you, you want to be careful. You just want to be careful. You just want to be sure that that, you relatively sure that that, relationship's going to work out. You, you always try to put the relationship first. And if you feel like you can have a good working relationship and that doesn't damage the personal relationship, then go for it. Yeah. And then as you're searching, I'm kind of imagining concentric circles, right? You said you start with people you know, people who you know have driven and are maybe interested in driving. Uh, and then the next ring out would be referrals from those people yeah exactly. people they know yep so somebody that you know that you trust that that knows somebody else and so you you know if you trust the person you're going to trust their um evaluation of the person that they know you know so you you want to make sure you trust that person you trust their recommendation and and in most situations when i've done that i've had really good experiences every once in a while you're going to get a bad egg and you know, that kind of thing happens. Um, but you know, that's kind of the, that next circle that you should go to is, is somebody that knows somebody, you know. Okay. And what about somebody, <laughs> what about recommendations that you're not so, uh, trusting of, right? So you get a recommendation from somebody who you used to work with that eh, wasn't more of that great or and, yeah, somebody, somebody that's maybe more of an acquaintance. You right. don't really know them, but you, you know them a little bit. And that's a, that's another decent source, but in most situations, it's really not that much better than just hiring somebody off the street, like through an ad or something like that. It, it may give a little bit more credence to the person, but not a ton. So, but let's, let's then extend the circle out and talk about the idea of hiring somebody off the street, as you say, you know, from an ad, somebody responds to an ad. There's, there's nothing in my mind at least, inherently wrong with that. 
as long as you do the due diligence does it in your mind does it just create more work to make sure that that person is right for yep. you you've got to do a little bit more due diligence in that kind of situation and, and in reality that's how i hired mike um was just based off of an ad i'd i'd sent up i'd i'd uh, advertised obviously through the podcast we talked to a few guys and um there were there were a few good potential people there that they're just quite didn't work out. And, and I posted an ad as well through kind of our, our local hiring platform. Um, it's kind of similar to a Craigslist um, and Craigslist can be a, a good option as well. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. You know, whether you're posting the ad through Craigslist or Facebook, you know, there's indeed there's, there's a bunch of hiring apps out there that you can use. Um, and one thing I'd recommend to people is they just kind of look, you know, last time you looked for a job, how did you find it? You know, potentially post in those kind of same kind mm -hmm. of uh, places. Okay. All right. Uh, and then any other possible sources? Yeah, there are recruiters out there that specialize sure. in, in finding truck drivers and they can be good too. The, the problem with them is they're pretty expensive a lot of the times. Um, I haven't used them in the trucking world yet. I've used them in some of my other businesses. And, and, and again, I've had good and bad experiences with those. Um, I, I'd kind of shy away from a little bit unless you kind of get into that desperate mode and that they can obviate, they can a lot of the times be a fast solution to hiring and, and you're probably a little bit more likely to find somebody that's good um, through a recruiter because they will do some initial screening for you. So they can typically find somebody a little bit faster. Um, so, so that may be a reason to use a recruiter. Okay. All right. So that's, that's where you find your drivers or how you go about finding somebody to apply. Right. But then you get, okay. So now you've got a pool of candidates. Uh, you like some, you discard others, uh, but you've got your, now you've got your pool of possible candidates. And the next step would be, uh, what talking to them, interviewing them, interviewing and the screening process and the screening process in the interview is a big part of that, but it's a lot more involved. And that's why, as I kind of got into this and I started typing out what I want to talk about on the screening process and the things that we want to cover, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is like an episode in and of <laughs> itself. We're either going to have a two hour episode or we're going to break this puppy out. So I decided to, to break it out because it, it really probably is the most important step because that's really where you get to know somebody and you get to find out about them and you get to see, you know, is that, um, a, uh, is this going to be a win-win situation for both of us? Is this a good fit, a good match? And that's really what you're looking for is that good match. You're, you hiring that person has to be good for them and it has to be good for you. And when you find that, it, that's usually when uh, when things work out really well. Okay. So as you say, we're going to get more into depth later. So I, I won't press you on that. I have all <laughs> sorts of questions about screening and interviewing. Uh, but what is the next step then in our six steps? So once you've got somebody and you've found somebody that you're like, hey, this is the right person. I think this is going to be a good fit for us. That's kind of when you start negotiating um, the terms of the employment. And, and you always want to go for a win-win situation. If, if you feel like you're negotiating, you, you don't want to be in one of those negotiating situations where it's white knuckle, then you're trying to get as much out of it as you can. And while mm. they're trying to get as much out of it as they can, and, and nobody's willing to give in a little bit, um, because that's where you get to, to a point where somebody's going to feel like they're getting screwed and you don't want to start an employee <laughs> employment relationship that way, because 
um, it, it's just going to lead to hurt feelings. It's going to lead to um, a frustrating relationship that is unlikely to last. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, like we were saying earlier, burned bridges are no fun. Uh, no matter what the relationship is or who it's with, it's not it's not a fun thing to go through. So yeah, best avoid it if possible. Okay, so you're you're negotiating now. When I have had jobs in the past, they have involved very little to no driving, right? So <laughs> <laughs> my negotiations have been around pay, benefits, that sort of thing. Uh, but I imagine there's other things that we have to consider when it's a, a driver. Absolutely. And, and paying benefits are, are definitely going to be two of the things that you're going to negotiate. How you're going to pay, are you going to pay by the mile? Are you going to pay by the day on the road? Um, there's a lot of different ways you can pay truck drivers. The typical and, and what I like the most is, is definitely paying somebody by the mile because it incentivizes them to drive hard. Um, that's how you typically make money as a, as a trucking company is, is by the mile. And so it, that's it how really, that's how you're calculating all those numbers, right? That we is. go over every month yep. is by the mile. Sorry, yeah. Go and, on. And it, it just, it makes it so that both of your goals are in line. He you know, your driver wants to make, drive more miles cause they make more money. You as a company want to drive more miles cause that's how you make money. And so everybody's going for the same goal and that, and that, and that usually tends to work really, really well. And that's the win-win you're talking about. Okay. So the, the other, one of the other things that's really big on negotiating is, is just, you know, time home. You want to make sure you're both kind of on that same page with how much home time they're going to get. Um, and, and so that, that's another thing you may want to talk about in the negotiation phase. As, as I'm thinking back to, uh, you know, the last eight months of you out on the road, 10, 12 months, whatever. I don't know. 12, what, it was 12. What don't is time? Short what is time? There. What is, time has no meaning. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fine. Uh, no, as you were out, I seem to recall that the typical time out on the road would be, uh, what, 15 full days and maybe seven half days out on the road, something like that? that, that yeah, I, I would say that was probably a pretty typical month. Yeah. And, and so... Uh, at any given time, you know, I'd, I'd probably spend um, a week to sometimes two weeks straight on the road and then back for a little bit of time. As I kind of found some lanes and developed some things and got into a little bit better um, driving habit for myself, a lot of the times I could find loads that would take me, for instance, from Utah up into um, Oregon, and then I could come back through Utah on my way somewhere from Oregon. And so I could, I could work myself in. That's why I, a lot of times would have seven partial days is because, you know, I'd, I'd be able to spend my 10 hours, maybe even a little bit longer than 10 hour break at home in the middle of a trip. And this is the sort of thing you can work out with a, a potential employee and say, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get you out on the road this many days and get you this many half days on your way through town or whatever, and this yeah. many days off per month. Okay. For sure. And, and one thing I would definitely recommend here is don't make promises you can't keep. Okay. Yeah. So, so don't say, here's what we're going to do when you know that that might not happen. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> promises you can't keep. That's a painful subject a painful for every, subject. For, I think for everybody who has any sort of employment history. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, the promotion is right around the corner. You hang in there, <laughs> hang in there. And, and so that kind of is a good segue into that next, um, step of extending the offer because you negotiate all this stuff and then you want to put the offer. You don't want to just say it. 
I, this is like with real estate or any other big important thing in life, put it in writing, yeah. um, extend the offer in writing. And this is one of the things that we're going to provide in the show notes is I'm going to have a link for the offer letter that I've used in the past or an example of an offer letter so that, um, you can download it. I've in the offer letter kind of highlighted the things that need to change every time you use that letter for a different person, like the person's name, the pay rate, and a handful of other things. <laughs> right. Now, let me let me put myself in the shoes of uh, somebody who's hiring. And I've gone through this whole process. I've gone through the screening, the interviews, the et cetera, et cetera. I've, I've developed a rapport with this person. I really want to hire them. I think they're going to be great. And uh, we get along personal, personally. We get along and I know we're going to get along professionally. And then I've got to send an offer letter and it feels really stilted and you know, overly professional. And I just want to chat with the guy that, you know, that I've gotten to know and, and like, and I don't want to send this, <laughs> this, uh, you know, overly professional offer letter. Why the offer letter? What, what's the benefit that you gain as a business owner from doing that? Well, I think a, th a couple of things, I think you can still kind of maintain that level of, of personal touch that you're talking about and, and still, have that professional side of things too, because you, you want to be, you, you want your drivers to feel like you care about them, you know them, and you've got that personal touch, but you also want to be, you know, that we're a professional organization. We do things the right way and everybody will tell you the right ways to do things in writing. And I think really the big point of this is it protects both sides. It, it makes it so that there's less chance that there will be a misunderstanding between what you said and I thought I heard and if it's in writing, it just kind of makes that a little bit more concrete and a little bit better for everybody to understand and make sure everybody understands things the same way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fine. You convince me. I'll write the letter. Uh, okay. So that was step four. You found somebody, you extended an offer, uh, and assuming they accept, I, I suppose there's always the possibility they come back and say, never mind. But assuming they accept, what's our next step here? So the next step is to handle all the, the pre-employment new hire paperwork. And every job that you, that, that you work in, there's some kind of paperwork that needs to be filled out. In the trucking industry, because of DOT regulations, that list is like <laughs> four times as big as what most other companies <laughs> have to go through. I'm sorry, this is kind of a pain in the butt, but it's a a reality of what we work with. Yeah, I hate regulations. They're a pain in the butt, but you know what? Every company has to do this. So it's not like one company has a competitive advantage because they don't have to do it. A company might have a competitive advantage because they have a system to do it. And, and hopefully um, this podcast plus the the show notes will help you with that system a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of the items that are needed. There's over 10 of them. Oh, I, I there, there's a part of me that wishes you would just because it's, <laughs> I, you know, we want to put people to sleep, right? <laughs> this, yeah, this, this piece would put you to sleep if we go through each one of those. We're not going to do that. <laughs> You'll be able to find them on the show notes. It's all going to be in the show notes. Um, one thing that I do want to point out too is a lot of these things, the DOT regulation portion of it, um, is part of what's called billing your driver qualification file. It's something that's required in an audit. You've got to have all this stuff. Um, Motor Carrier HQ has, we've talked about it in the past, our audit folder system. Um, we're actually in the middle right now of completely revamping that, simplifying it, 
Um, we should have the new folders printed out sometime here in the next month. But um, one of those folders is that driver qualification list. So it includes all the forms that are needed. It has a, a, a simple checklist with all the DOT stuff. It kind of makes this this simple. So you can, I'll have a link to it in the show notes that will take you to learn more about the, the that folder system, the audit system. Um, and uh, if you want to, you can buy it. Can I go back to our dump truck guy? Yeah. Not that bet. that's a story that I particularly relish, but uh, am I right in assuming that they did not build this file? I would be willing to bet because of their obvious lack of screening, they probably did not build this file. And it's, you know, it, it is a construction company. They do fall under the DOT regulations, but a lot of the times those in-state guys like a construction company that are smaller, they're notorious for not following the regulations okay. just because they, 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 they aren't crossing scales as often. They're not getting inspected as often. So it's, it's a little bit easier for them to fly under the radar. Yeah. And so I, I would not be surprised at all if they did not do a very good job in, in this uh, getting all the DOT required right. regulations. But you, needed. dear listener, will do yeah. all it, of that stuff. You, you really, <laughs> as an over-the-road, if, if you're an over-the-road company, you can't. I mean, you're going to go through scales. You're going to get inspected. You just you can't get away with this. You're going to have to do that new entrant audit. So just do it. Yeah. And uh, I hope people will um, forgive me for saying it once again, but go to the show notes. This is where that whole list is going to be found. And it's uh, it's really helpful. There's links there to certain forms, you know, the W4s and I9s and all that stuff. So go to hollandassetsllc.com. The whole list is there. Um, everything we've talked about today, uh, you'll find it there. Okay. But that was only step four five out of six okay so you've built this entire file you you know this driver as as well as you can be expected to know them professionally at this point and uh the offer has been accepted and they're ready to hit the road you said the sixth step was actually the first day on the job right yep so the first the, so so really at this point they're pretty much you've got them ready to to hit the road um as far as the regulations go but there's a lot of things that need to happen on that first day. And it's one of those things that's that's really easy to overlook. And it's one of the things that's really going to give your driver the their good first impression. You want them to have a good first impression of your company. And so you want them to feel like you're organized, you're professional, you, you know what you're doing. And um, making that first day smooth is a key to, key to that. And there's a lot of things that need to happen on that first day be before the driver's ready to really jump in the truck and head out on the road. You know, things like making sure they can log into the ELD system. They know how to run the reefer. They um, know how to use the ELD system. And so I've got this checklist of things that need to happen on that first day that you can kind of just go through. It's a kind of a generic checklist. So you may want to add or take away a few of the things, uh, but it's another one of those things I'll have in the show notes. You can go in, download it. Um, use it as is, or you can make changes to it, um, add to it, take away from it. But it, it's just there to kind of help make that first day smooth and simple so that your driver feels comfortable, happy, and there are fewer hiccups on that first day. The first day has a huge potential for a lot of hiccups, and you just want to eliminate as many of those as possible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. So that was the sixth out of six steps. And again, people can review those with the full show notes. Uh, but... Now you're set up for success and you just, uh, uh, 
the process is over you found a great employee or is there anything else that you're gonna caution us about you know as, as you continue the relationship I would say it's just it's a relationship just like anything else out there and there's got to be some give and take on both sides of the relationship you know their relationships are never perfect they always take work and it's the same thing with a with a, a driver you know that relationship takes a little bit of work and the last thing you want to do is be cycling through drivers every two or three months um, you know the trucking industry is notorious for driver turnover rates. They're just horrible. You know, the driver turnover rates, less the average drivers in a job for less than a year before they go find another job. And that costs your company a ton of money. There's usually downtime involved. It costs money to hire somebody. Not um, to mention the stress. And, and it adds to the stress a ton. So be willing to make some concessions to your driver. Um, you know, within reason, obviously the truck's got to be profitable. You got to make money. Um, but you hire the right person. You're, you're going to be willing to make some, some concessions and you work together on that and, and try to keep them around for, for a long time. You know, that should be one of your top goals is to keep your drivers around, keep them happy. Yeah. Well, we're going to check in with you in about a year and see how Mike's doing. If yeah. You kept him around past that year mark. Him, he, I'm, we keep our fingers crossed. He's he's done great so far. We're we're almost two months into it, and uh, hopefully, you know, it, it like any relationship is it's had a, a learning curve and some hiccups, and but overall, it's been a great relationship, and I hope we can keep it that way and uh, keep keep things going smooth. Very good. Well, as you so professionally teased earlier, we are going to do another episode in a couple of weeks uh, about. The screening process, uh, interviewing, screening, making sure that you get to know this person as well as possible before extending an offer. And uh, I hope people will stick around for that. Uh, gosh, I, I no the tease the tease is over. I was gonna I was gonna talk about it more, but I think uh, I think we've teased it enough. So thanks everybody for uh, listening to this episode. Hope that there was I know there was good information. I hope you got it out of the episode. And stick around next week. We're going to be talking about uh, the April financials. May financials. May fi what, what is time, Chris? <laughs> time doesn't exist. You're, it's still early for you. You're doing all right. <laughs> okay. The May financials, we're going to talk about those and uh, see how the company is doing before we move on with that uh, hiring process in the following episode. So go to Facebook, find Holland Assets there. Go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes. And please leave that five-star review if you appreciate what we do. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Chris. And I'll see you next week. See you next week. Yeah.